Welcome to the WealthCast, where host Charles Bowinski and his guests share their global expertise and the most current information for your financial planning needs. Each inspiring interview will help you to maximize your financial stability and growth so you can have more time doing the things you love. And now, here's Charles. Hello and welcome to the WealthCast. I'm your host, Charles Bowinski. We bring you expert knowledge and show you how to manage your wealth so that you can experience the luxury of financial independence and have more time to do the things that you love, like my personal favorite, fly fishing. Today, our guest is Christoph Kanzler. Today, he's going to share his evolution in the financial services industry and talk about what the future holds in Germany and the implications for the rest of the world. Christoph, welcome to the WealthCast. I am so pleased to have you join me today to talk about the financial markets in Germany and the US. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Really looking forward for the next 30 minutes to share a little bit the, the German experience in investing in capital markets. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. And I think, you know, the experiences we've had together over the years, I think it's now since 2012 that we've traveled together and made presentations uh, all over Germany. Uh, you know, we've learned a lot from each other. And I think it, it'd be helpful to the listeners to hear the German perspective on the capital markets and the evolution of the markets and the financial advice models, et cetera. Perhaps you could start at the beginning. So, Christoph, um, when you first entered the capital markets or started working in the capital markets, what was it like and what led to your evolution? No, I entered the industry in 1995, more or less by, by accident. So I started studying in Munich and there was an internship offered by our, yeah, it called their discount broker. It was the first discount broker inspired by Charles Schwab in the US. And it belonged to Munich Bank. It called it this time HVB, Hypofereins Bank. And it was an internship about six or seven weeks. Yeah, It was so exciting that the people in the bank loved me and I loved the bank. So I started there half time. And after I finished my studies, I started full time there. And I started to work as a broker. So we executed there transactions. And if you recall this time in 1995, in Germany, the kind of stock market became a little bit more fashioned than the past. Till this day in 1995, just these kind of rich people were invested in capital markets and stocks are were super expensive because of the nominees of the of the shares and this slightly changed in 1998 then the first the german telecom was issued and this was a big party here and everybody wanted to have this telecom share and it was really promoted 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 and this was more or less the rise of the brokerage industry and the stock industry about selling stocks into the German market. Uh, it was quite exciting since the internet was just racing up uh, and I still can recall my first transactions. They arrived by fax. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I got the fax, I collected the faxes and I put it in the system and then I brought the faxes two levels down to the order desk. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was really a wild, wild west. Yeah. It was not seamless, but it was quite exciting since you learned how this kind of industry were starting to grow and to get modern. And the internet was a kind of a, of a turbo booster, how this pushed forward since it get much more easier to trade and to sell and to buy, et cetera, for, for retail clients. 
that's really interesting. So it was Deutsche Telekom that really sort of opened the door for the retail investor, the, the issuance yeah. of those shares. And I, I actually remember that at the time, just reading about it and hearing about it. So what was, the, what was next for you? Yeah, the next was that I ran through my first crisis, yeah, uh, 2000. Yes. Lots of the dot com, then shortly after that, 9-11. And it was, for me, I was, yeah, I was super young at this time, but it was quite, quite hard since really impacted the industry quite heavily. Yeah. I was lucky since I was on the right side, I was on the execution only business. It was quite bad for others who really invest a lot of time to build up private banking structures, et cetera. It was completely shut down everything. Yeah. And so uh, the execution only business was surviving, but also the market was changing since all the people were invested in the telecom stocks in Germany. And I think the, the shareholders rise from 5% till 20%. And then because of these two crises, the telecom stock were just crashing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was great that everybody had this thing in their accounts, but the experience was quite bad combined with the bad experience of the dot-com bubble, yeah, that everybody rushed into the internet funds of funds and they really, people lost so much money, they lost so much money, but their people learned their lessons about risk, single and stock risk, bets so on innovations, whatever, yeah. ETFs or diversification, this kind of words were existing, but not really anybody knew what does this mean, yeah. There was the kind of, evidence how markets work were not really existing. You know, the farmer French model, I think if you ask somebody, yeah, I heard something, but nobody really transferred it in their daily investing procedures. So it really was while still Wild West, you sold single stocks, you could sell everything. Yeah? And, uh, but the experience was quite bad. And so the industry was shrinking again. It took about one, two years. And then, you know, between 2001, 2008, the stock markets went up like hell. Everybody was invested again. Everything was running. All this kind of really toxic stuff was sold and was bought on the other side. And then 2008 happened, yeah. And this was the next kind of milestone that again, my career was hit by a next crisis, yeah. In this meantime, I, I went from HVB to, to Credit Suisse and from Credit Suisse to Citigroup. And um, yeah, it was kind of a great experience. I don't want to miss it since I really got it from the hard tour. So the way you're describing it, the evolution was sort of in a couple of parts, not only for you personally, but also the industry, the financial service industry in Germany. First was the issuance of telecom stock and everybody thought a diversified portfolio was you. You own telecom stock and your wife owned telecom, right. telecom stock there was no sense of diversification yet because basically the whole country was new to investing yeah. in stocks. And then add on top of that, the dot-com crash and then the great recession in 2008, this sort of double whammy for the German public in learning how to invest must've been really difficult to navigate. Yeah. And like you said, there was no really a financial literacy in Germany is still under average. Yeah. There were absolutely no kind of guidance. Yeah. Though, what was investing? Investing means buying single stocks, buying funds, which sounds great. But there was not really any evidence-driven approach to this. And so that means people 
Germany bought everything what sounds great and then the next hit came with the financial crisis that all these toxins just get bust yeah? so again people were willing to adapt to the to the stock market but they run into one another crisis uh, and then the regulation changed since the banks ever really they sold so much weird things here in Germany and it was bought yeah, since the people had absolutely no clue what's going on. That's really interesting. So this led, I imagine, to you rethinking the industry and your role in it and, and what the next step would be for you. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. After the Citigroup experience, I was close to leave the industry since, again, I don't want to miss the time, but it completely runs, run against my values. And then by accident, I ran into, into a guy called Carl. And we know us for a couple of years since he was the founder. He would say the first discount broker. I would say the second discount broker, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so we know us from the industry. And he's like, Christoph, I, I have the idea to, to found or to launch a bank in which business case we are just paid by the clients, not anymore by hidden provisions. So we just get paid by the clients. And he asked me, Christoph, I'm looking for a guy like you who did all this kind of stuff, selling products and um, designing products and earning a lot of money and shows exactly the opposite. So that means how can we build our investment-driven business which are serves for the needs of the clients and we get paid by the clients. And this was a kind of a challenging question since if you're saying, okay, how does your business case look like if you're not paid by products? Yeah. It's one sentence, but suddenly your life becomes quite easy since you, you don't have to look into 99.9% of the offered products. You don't have to look anymore. And then the ETF time arrived. And I really be proud that the Korean bank, what was the name at this time, or, or, or me in person, I was the first person who really understood how to integrate ETFs into uh, index-driven strategies which have no hidden costs or provisions. And we were really a kind of a competence center here in Germany. The first one who really discovered the ETF, understood how an ETF worked and how these advantages can be used that the clients can get a better investment experience. It was a quite cool time. Yeah, I, I know just from my own personal experience working with you and in Germany and speaking with so many advisors, that transition from the commission-driven business, which is product-driven, et cetera, to the more fiduciary business that we practice here in the U.S. for some time now, is a really difficult transition. Not from an intellectual standpoint, because I think people can easily understand why it's better, but the, the infrastructure of the markets and the business models in Germany made it very difficult. That's that's been my experience in having the conversations with German advisors. Is that, that, is that a fair? Yeah, absolutely. And also, this is something that if, if, you, if you come from a traditional world, you, you're used to think a special way. So you were structured by processes. So, yeah, it was a business model. And after a while, I understood that this active-passive discussion yeah, was just, a, would I say, it's an alibi discussion since... If we started to work this way, then a lot of advisors who were still working in the old-fashioned way, like Christoph, you can't do indexing. The clients doesn't want to have average. They want to have outperformance and right. it's about the performance. And after a while, I understood that 
that just said is too high that the real reason is that active management is a business model. Uh, it's just a business model. It's, it's not working. It's dysfunctional. For that, you don't need any studies. You just need common sense. Nobody can predict the future. And if nobody can predict the future, no can, nobody can pick stocks or predict any stock market developments. And this was just this kind of exclusion from a whole industry and said, okay, it's about performance. And then you look into the numbers and the numbers are just terrible. Yeah, so it's not about active passive. It's, it's, it's a business model and it's completely fair in a free market that an existing industry is trying to just defend their business model as long as possible. But I think for me was a big step in the right direction to understand it's not about active passive. It's a business model. It's just a business model. And this helped me pretty much not to go the way to say, okay, active passive, good or bad. It was more or less, okay, we help you to build a business with index-driven strategies. So not to speak about active passives, and you know, you can't win this game. Yeah, it's, it's just how you look into this. And there are studies arguing for that and that. It's, but again, if you got the understanding, it's a, it's a business model. And the business model works pretty well, but are pretty unstable since it can cause a lot of hurts for the advisor since he's selling things which are not working. And then suddenly you say, okay, it's a business model and we help you to build an index-driven investment business which results in a very successful business model for your advisors. It was a different game. Yeah, you're di you do well by doing the right thing for your clients in your exactly. view. Yeah. And suddenly, and also with your help, which are really so thankful, I appreciate that you've been here with us, they saw that it was working. So you were standing in front of 100 advisors and telling them, hey, it's not about active-passive. Look, I worked for the last 15 years with Index Trevum, and I'm sorry to say this, I'm sorry, super successful, guys. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? I generate value, my channel clients, and I also economic success. So it's working, guys. Yeah? It's not about active-passive. The business model is working, and it has so much advantages from an economic point of view, yeah? also for you as an entrepreneur. And then slowly we get traction in this, and suddenly active-passive was gone in my world. It was just how to help advisors build businesses and do the right thing, and with a result to be economically successful. Well, it, I know it wasn't an easy it wasn't easy to be that successful because every time I would speak with you on the telephone, you were in a different city somewhere, somewhere in Germany or maybe yeah. in London. And I know, I know there was a tremendous amount of work there. When you started, you mentioned there were zero assets in Germany. And when you left uh, Dimensional last year, uh, what was the asset level in Germany? Oh, it's a good question. About three billion. Yeah. So tremendous success over that period of time. I think it's testimony to the fact that a, you worked really hard, um, in my estimation, but also the messaging and the mo the business model was the right thing to do for the clients. This is the most important thing. When, when you're doing the right thing for your clients, good things happen. That's just my personal view. And I saw it in action, not only in individual firms in Germany, but for a whole industry to change was a really exciting thing to watch and to participate in in a very, very minor role. It's been very interesting. So, so what's, what's next for Christoph? What's, what are you working on now? What's your big challenge? So as you know, I left uh, Dimensional in end of August 2019 uh, because of different reasons. But uh, it was a super great time. I don't want to miss it. Uh, it was super. And 
And I, I really enjoyed a couple of months of doing nothing, do a really great sabbatical, which was the first time after 25 years of hard working. Not hard in a bad way. I'll, you know, I love my job. I'm not, I have not have a job. I, I'm on a mission. So I do not really distinguish between private and businesses. I love what I do. And, and what I do now is uh, that what I also had in my bigger mission to say, you know, our mission was to turn Germany into a better place for advisors. But I also learned that there is maybe not a more valuable vision, but there are much more people who need a different narrative about stock markets. Uh, these are the people who can't invest hundreds of thousands of dollars, who have a normal average income, but have a completely wrong understanding of capital markets. So we have here in Germany about 12%, 13%, like I said, or using the stock market for their investments or having funds, so, whatever. In the so, so, so only about 12% of the German population yeah, owns stocks. Exactly. So that means if you see it from the other side, there's about 90% of people who need help. Yeah. Hmm. And we have about 3 billion euros um, lying on zero interest rates accounts. Yeah. We have long jeopardy. Um, they have a lot of things, which means that the traditional way of retirement schemes are not working anymore, since a lot of these things are interest-driven, and if you have no interest, it's not working. Yes. So what I founded is um, I founded the Kanzler, so that me, as, a, as an international speaker, so that means I give talks, I give keynotes, I give keynote webinars, and I work with my old new clients, so that means I work with insurance companies and banks and advisors, they book me uh, helping them to share a different narrative about stock markets to their end clients and also to, to, um, to advisors. But I can do this completely independent, so that means I don't have to take care of any compliance and legal things since I don't speak about a specific fund. Yeah? It's quite cool for me now since I worked 25 years in a heavy regulated industry and in the end it was really a little bit annoying what kind of regulation you have to meet to do the simple things, which is totally fine since this was the effect that the industry was not willing to learn here in Germany, yeah, like in other states. But now I'm completely free and you know the, the general story about or the narrative about capital markets is quite generic. Markets are working, markets are having increase, um, stock uh, rises of 10% and more in the last 100 years. And uh, so it's a good thing. Markets are your friends. So why not using it? In Germany, we think markets are bad, it's devil, and we'll go into this direction and we'll educate, what I say, the mass investor. And for that, I found it with two other partners, uh, a company called 30 Plus X. And the mission of this company is to increase the number of shareholders here in Germany from now 12% uh, up to 30% and more till 2035. So this is our kind of North Star Big Carrier Dishes goal, yeah? Yes, understood. It's a laudable goal. Yeah. You know, the, the hard thing about changing attitudes is that you, you need to develop an educational strategy to do that, you know, to get okay. them the information they need to make good decisions, et cetera. Yeah. And that's hard in any industry, but it's particularly hard in the financial services industry, right? Because you have all these different sources of information, all of this noise coming from competing sources, whether they be product-driven places or, or people using the old business model. And it's very hard for um, someone who is new to the markets 
to understand and be able to differentiate between all the different noises. And so I'm sure it's going to be a big challenge, but if I know anybody that can do it, it's you, uh, in <laughs> my you. experience. Yeah. Um, and as you know, uh, this is exactly what the challenge is. It's, it's, we are not in the investment business. Yeah? We are in the people's business. As you know, I also finished a book, so it will be published next March. And so the, my, my target was to write a book about investments and do not speak about investments. Since, as you said, is as soon you say stock or free markets or capitalism, the people show resistance. So they're close. You have to find a different narrative how to approach the people. The first experience was that, and I tried slowly with webinars, that it works, yeah, since, as you said, it's, it's a different way of communicating. It's a communication thing. It's not an investment thing. That at the end of the day, they use ETFs in global diversified portfolios. It's not the main thing. It's just a result of a way we started of education, where we guide them through. And if they understand it, and it's, it's still we have to figure out how we do it in detail, but if they figure it out and they follow the knowledge, the generic knowledge, they automatically come to global diversified portfolios and ETFs. So don't have to pitch active, passive or ETFs, whatever. Yeah. It's a normal process that the people will say, oh, cool. Capital markets are for everybody first. Yeah. Capital market returns are coming not from fund managers and banks. They're coming from consumers and from the industry. Yeah. It's free from basic economics, yeah, from free basic markets. Economics. And I'm part of this super successful story, and I can take my share. And I get my share in buying global portfolios, what we call it's the, you call it here the Welt AG, which means the global, global IT, global, yep. um, aggregate. global yeah. aggregate, yeah. yeah. And that's it. And it's super simple since from a technical point of view, everybody has nearly an, an account, yeah, with a, with a discount broker or direct bank. It's just one click to buy an ETF. That's it. And then they have a perfect investment strategy. They can start as 25, 30, 50 euros a month. And then they can start building up wealth. Since you know, when you start, or if you start with 20, you have 40, 50 years. And then the interstate effect, the, the compounded effect started to, uh, to catch in. And it's... And this is what we tell the people. It's not about being rich. It's everybody has a right to get this share since everybody is part of this super successful story, which we call it free market capitalism. capitalism. But because in Germany, you have a not evidence-driven uh, understanding of capital markets. It's more this kind of the, the earth is, 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 is flat and not, not a globe. Uh, you just have to change the narrative. Just is easy saying, but it's a way. Yes. If you get it, it's quite simple. Yeah, once well, it's then. like right, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you yeah. figure this out, you easily ride the bicycle. Yeah. Once and you figure said, out how capital markets work, it all makes sense, and it's easy to tune the noise out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really, if you boil it down, and this is, I think, what scares a little bit the marketeers, as you know, I'm quite well known in the market, but uh, it will also turn out that it's super simple. Yeah, you need yeah. the knowledge, you need an ETF, and then you just have to hold it. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, like many things in life, right, everything seems really complex until you understand you only need the relatively simple components to be yeah. successful. Um, whether it's fly fishing or investing, it's all the same. There's your tennis, you know, I'm sure 
has the similar characteristics where once you understand the basics of how this works, you can get rid of all the extra noise in the system exactly. and focus on the three things you need to do or the four things you need to do to be successful. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's exciting, Christoph, and it's, it's really good to hear that you've found a next cause, a next mission to move towards. It's certainly a, a laudable mission, a, um, a worthy mission, and um, I, I really wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you, Chess. It's been great to see you help the German financial service industry develop over the last 10 or so years, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next 10 or so years brings. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future to get an update. So Absolutely. And as you know, Chess, I, I hope to have you here over to your inspiring talks, to advise us also to end clients that they see it's working. Well, I would be glad to do it. And I hope that uh, the current health situation changes rapidly to enable us to do it again. Because uh, as I've told so many people, the experiences I had uh, with you in Germany talking to advisors and end clients, et cetera, over the last seven or so years has been one of the best professional experiences of my career. So I'm very optimistic for you. I'm very hopeful that things continue to progress the way they have. And I'm in your camp and, and really hoping that, that the future is bright. That's great, Chuck. Thank you very much. Thank you, Christoph. Have a great day. We'll talk again soon. Yes, you too, Chess. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for our discussion with Christoph Kanzler. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Stay well. Thanks for tuning in to The Wealthcast. You can get all the details on this episode, our guests, and everything you need to know so you can create and enjoy the luxury of financial independence by visiting us at moderawealth.com slash thewealthcast. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you catch every episode. We'll see you next time on The Wealthcast. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.